Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Wednesday now, September 2nd of 2020. As always, it is a delight to have each and every one of our listeners tuning in um, and and joining us. I know for some of you, uh, especially in this hour where our churches are closed, uh, this has been a source uh, for a lot of you to find fellowship in the Word of God. And uh, we are so grateful for what God is doing, for the testimonies that we hear here and there of what God is doing in your lives, and we praise God for that. Yesterday we had a tremendous uh, study uh, where the Lord took us. We've been, uh, uh, it's been a little mixture. Yesterday we were uh, in the book of, um, my mind just, Matthew, in the book of Matthew. Amen. Thank you, brother. Matthew 16, we studied the Word of God and, and really, uh, I really sensed this presence in meditating in the Word of God of where we're at, where we're at. And I think we've come to the point, if you've been listening enough to these podcasts, uh, we can no longer call what's going on in our nation just a, you know, little political issues or a little virus that's going to stop or, uh, you know, just a little bump in the road and we're going to get back to normal and back to opening up our churches and working and having our vacations. I think if you have the eye, the eye of the, the ears of the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking to your life, you understand that truly our world will never, never be the same. And as the Apostle Paul teaches us, you know, even in his time, the spirit of Antichrist was already moving in his time. You can just imagine where we're at today in this hour. And yeah. while we really believe that the Antichrist spirit really that is moving throughout the world, we believe in our hearts that it is resting right here in our nation. Not that this is the final destination, but for right now, this is where the focus is at right now. If you notice the last few months, the focus in all the eyes of the world have been in our nation. And what's, what our nation has been displaying is everything but godliness, fighting, division, political disaster, economical disasters, uh, natural disasters, and so many things that are happening. It is for us to understand that this spirit is resting here in our nation for a short while, but it's here to accomplish something. And, and I believe it is the total destruction of our nation to bring upon our nation the judgments. And this is the things that, these are the times that we are living in and we're understanding that we are heading towards something. And there is a Gethsemane that is at the door. But we understand that in order, as I believe Brother Marty said, in order to to experience the resurrection, you must go through Gethsemane, Right. And if yeah. that's the door you must go through, but all of it will be worth it. But we pray that these podcasts, and I say all of this just, just to encourage you, that these podcasts are here to bring enlightenment, to help you understand. Because th- those are the things, those are the questions, at least those are the questions that I ask myself. Lord, how do we properly process this? How do we properly prepare ourselves for what is coming? How can we know that we're going to be ready? Amen. And I believe uh, the answers are found 
in the word of the Lord. And that's what I believe God is, is, is showing us. And sorry to take so long to, just to express a little bit what was in my heart this morning and to speak to you guys and to encourage our listeners that uh, God is bringing a revelation of the times with clarity and preparing us for what is already here and for what is coming. That being said, what a delight to be here with our panel. What a delight to be here with Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, and Brother Jeremiah. Anytime we get a chance to come together, uh, it's always an honor to study the Word of God because this is what it's all about. Amen. And so, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. Uh, yeah, Brother Jeremy, I can, I could, I could really sense the the presence of the Lord and the Lord moving in your heart, and 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 uh, and I think that you know these are the days that we've entered right now. <laughs> you know, we began September just a couple of days ago, but like we said back then, you know, we're we're headed to the last final uh, quarter of the year, right? The last four months. And man, how quickly the first eight months of the year went by. You know, everything yeah. that's happened, right? What you're talking about, the weight of it, um, the seriousness of it. And and we've been noticing in the Word, as the Lord has been re- revealing to us, that there's really two reactions um, in the church uh, to what's actually transpiring as we've gone along. You know, in the beginning, everybody had an opinion. Everybody was jumping, shouting, saying this and that and the other. Uh, and yet, as we've gone on into the dog days of summer, as they say, we have seen a nation, uh, and I hadn't really thought about it, Brother Jeremy, until you just brought it out. Uh, we've seen a nation, you know, respond to the events of of, of the day in an absolutely insane way. You know, when you look right. at, at how the uh, other nations of the world, as the coronavirus first started breaking out, if we think about it right, you know, when it first started breaking out at the beginning of the year and really at the uh, at the end of December in November as it began to spread throughout Wuhan, China, and then it began to cross uh, out of those borders uh, in, into the other parts of the world, we were actually watching it make its way to the United States. It really hit hard in Italy and Spain, remember, over in that time period when there was, I mean, all you saw on, on TV was all those coffins being taken to be buried as as much of the older population in Italy. And then it made its way until it finally, you know, the cruise ships, remember that? <laughs> when they were like parked mm-hmm. out, out in the docks in Japan and different places where they wouldn't let the cruise ships come and and let the people off and, you know, all that stuff that was happening. But I'd never really thought about it till you were just talking about it right now. The way that the other nations of the world reacted uh, to, you know, what they were dealing with, you know, they, they bore up under it. But the way, then it came to the United States. Right. <laughs> and then you look at how we're acting, man. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're supposed to be, yeah. you know, this, Right? I mean, we're supposed to be this great paragon of virtue and light to the world. And, and what are we doing? We're tearing down our, our you know cities, burning them, killing each other, burning churches. It's insane what's going on. Throw in all the preachers that have been falling since the beginning of the year. It's a mess. 
and I think you're right, Brother Jeremy. I think that these events have been exposing, uh, you know, the lack of the depth of the character that, you know, that once permeated the United States, at least amongst its churches. We're not talking about the world. We're not talking about politicians. We're not talking about political parties, anything like that. We're specifically dealing with the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that what's happening now, it, it really seems as if, if it came to rest on our shores after it made its way through Europe. And uh, and it came to us last, in a way. And uh, to see where we're at now is just it's just incredible. And so now we've we've come into September and we're headed to the to some very incredibly turbulent times, even more so than we've seen so far. And uh and that's what we're looking at because we believe what the Lord has been showing us if you've been following us through Jeremiah, Isaiah, and now we're looking at Gethsemane because that's where we believe we're headed. And there's reasons why uh that that's going to be necessary uh because for one it's it's a prophetic event. And and there are there are things we'll look at today that that have to do with Gethsemane uh, from a, a little different perspective, but I think just as enlightening because there's so much we can learn from it, what led up to it, what happened there, and then what happened after. So today we're going to look at those things, and and we want to begin. If you have your Bibles, those of you listening out there, we're going to begin examining this uh, at, at at another level today, uh, beginning with the thirty uh, seventh verse of Luke chapter twenty two. And Brother Jeremy, uh, would you mind reading to us uh, verse 37 through 39, and we'll begin our our study today in Gethsemane and the trial of the end-time church in Jesus' name. Amen. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, he are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. He came out and went, and and he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And his disciples also followed him. He was on his way to the Mount of Olives, which is where Gethsemane is, and, and that's what we're going to look at. You know, we're going to explore that. You know, we learn from this, what Brother Jeremy just read in, in verse 37, 38, and 39. Uh, we we learn from this an insight. There's an insight here that's revealed by the Lord. In verse 37, he said that these are the things that are concerning him. And also at the at the end of verse 37, he says, for the things concerning me have an end. You know, this is leading to something. That's what he's talking about here. He says there is an end to this. There's a, a culmination that we're headed to. And it is one of the things, as, and we're going to quickly, you know, just point this out as we go along in this study today. But, you know, we're, we're likening the things that happened in the beginning to the things uh, that happen or will happen in our times and are already beginning to happen. And and uh, and so Jesus says something very interesting here. He says, things concerning me, verse 37. And then he says this, and that that is written must yet be accomplished. So that's what he says in verse 37. Can you read verse 37 again, Brother Jeremy? Please. Yes. Pretty good. 
For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. He was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. It's, again, it's an insight the Lord is, is, is revealing here and comparing the beginning from the end. That what happened in the beginning is going to happen in the end. Like, like as the Lord was revealing here, the Lord would fulfill the scriptures. That's what he's talking about. And so it must be with his church. So what he's trying to alert his disciples to, because they're on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, is what's about to transpire has been recorded in the Word of God. It's there, and it needs to be accomplished. And 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 like he was revealing to them that the Scriptures must be fulfilled, they have a conclusion. There are things that are being accomplished, and they will have a terminating point, right? There will be an end to it when it's when it's completed. And and so with that kind of a thought in mind, we need to understand that <laughs> that that the Lord at the end is increasingly as he's heading to Calvary and as you read the gospels you'll see that he increasingly points his disciples to the prophetic scriptures. He he's wanting them to understand the time. He wants them to discern what lays ahead. Not only for him, but for them as well, right? This is where we're headed, boys. <laughs> That's what he's saying, you know. And we're headed here because it's it that that is written must yet be accomplished. And it's very interesting because we we were in Matthew 16 yesterday and we were talking about uh, the scriptures and how they had to be fulfilled and 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 what he was revealing to his disciples as he got closer to Jerusalem and the, and the culmination of his ministry and the first time he appeared, he began to ratchet up the revelations. He began to reveal to them what was actually ahead. And as we talked about yesterday, that's what blew their mind. The first thing that we saw yesterday was that they were living at a time in a generation, if we liken it to our generation, where he asked them that question, who do men say that I am? Let's take a look at that real quick. Brother Jeremy, could you go back over there? We'll, we'll just look at that again real quick. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, he asked them that question. And uh, yes. can you read that to us? Yes. He says, um, when G in verse uh, chapter 16, verse 13, Yeah, when Jesus... Uh, should I go all well, the way to... Of, no, first start 12. Uh, yeah, read uh, Matthew 16, 12... And then uh, through 15, 12 through 15. 15, okay. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware. Let me read that again. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Amen. And then Simon says, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. What's really interesting, as we were talking about yesterday there, is is as he's getting closer to the end, 
uh, he began to to bring them uh, and move his disciples uh, into a deeper understanding of what was lying ahead. And what he first began saying there in Matthew sixteen twelve was he said, "Beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees." And we don't have time to to, to develop all that. You know, you can go research who these, these groups of, of of religious leaders were, but they were the ruling religious elite. And the doctrine that they had and that they held to was a doctrine that was looking for a particular kind of a Messiah, a particular kind of an appearance or how God was going to establish his kingdom. And and to put it simply, the doctrine they held was wrong. Their understanding of, of, of prophetic events was wrong. And Jesus was trying to warn his disciples you need to be careful because it's a leaven. It's the leaven of the Pharisees. It's the leaven of the Sadducees. It's their doctrine that I'm talking to you about and the doctrine that they're holding concerning end-time events and the kingdom of God is like a cancer, uh, and you need to be aware of it because it's erroneous. And it's important to be aware of it specifically at the time that it's getting ready to be fulfilled. And then... Then he takes them away, and he leads them to Caesarea Philippi, and, and he begins to to begin to press on them. And I think what we see here in 1613 is what we were talking about yesterday, and 14, is he asks them the question, who do men say that I am? And the response that they give is is very much like what you'll hear today. If you ask people what the gospel of Jesus Christ really is, you'll get you ask 10 people, you, you pretty much get 10 different answers. Right. They said, some some say you're John, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is what we learn from that is that as we come to the end of time, the same pattern seems to be fu- uh, being fulfilled in that just as men really didn't know who Jesus was back then, even so we see in our time, in our culture, in our nation, the same spirit. They really don't know the gospel. They really don't know who Jesus is. And then he begins to press on them in verse 15 and say, but who do you say that I am? And we talked about that yesterday, right? The reason he's asking that question is that he's about to connect it to the very gates of hell and and what they're about to go through, because what he's about to reveal to his disciples, like we discussed again yesterday, we encourage you to listen to the podcast if you didn't hear it, is that is that I'm headed to the cross. Read verse 21, would you, Brother Jeremy, what he tells them? From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised up and be raised again the third day. And then what happens in verse 22 when he reveals this is the response from the apostle Peter. What does he say? Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. It was... (laughs) See, that is not something they wanted to hear, right? (laughs) That is not what they wanted to hear. Whether they wanted to hear it or not was of no consequence in the sense that it really didn't matter what they thought. 
you know, it wasn't going to change what was established and what has been written. But the Lord turns up the heat up on his disciples as he's nearing completion of his ministry and begins to reveal to them exactly what lies ahead. But it didn't fit with their paradigm, man. It didn't fit with their end-time messianic understanding. They, they, didn't, they didn't see a kingdom of God being established by way of tribulation and trial. And ultimately, the, the Lord himself being taken from the face of the earth. But he doesn't leave it there. He says he's going to be raised on the third day. Think of what Peter said in his response to that. Be it far from thee, this shall not be. That's incredible what he said. He didn't even know what he was saying. He didn't even know that his thinking and what he was saying to the Lord, the Lord would say, was satanic, devilish. It was of the devil, <laughs> that kind of thinking. Now, why is this important? Because we're, we're looking at Gethsemane because he was going to lead them to Gethsemane. And Gethsemane is the place where issues are settled before you get to the very thing he was just saying was going to happen. Calvary, the cross. But the cross is not the end. It's the means to the end, which is the resurrection. And, 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 and yet here we see that the understanding of the larger truth of what it is that God was doing and is doing and is yet to do was going to come by way that would not be understood at first and in, and in some senses be abhorrent to his own disciples. They didn't want to hear that. And consider this, brothers. They had been hooked up with him for almost three and a half years to this point, and, and they kind of like threw their hat in, right? And as they went along, they, they'd seen magnificent things. And so in the emotion of it, and in, and in the meditations of their own heart, even in their own discussions, because the Bible reveals how how many times they used to fight with each other, saying who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom, right? And even in the final week of his earthly <laughs> ministry, James and John's mother even came to Jesus and said, hey, would you let John and James, one on your left, one on your right, when you when you assume the position of your of your kingdom, right, your throne? She says, you don't even know what you're asking, right? <laughs> what did he do? When when she mentioned the king, do you all know where that scripture is, real quick? Where she comes up to them and says that. Let's take. A, let's see if you, someone can find that for me, real quick. Are you able? Where he tells them, are you able to 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 drink from the cup? Uh, when she when he talks to her, their mama. Matthew twenty. Let's take a look. Matthew twenty. Over there. Uh, verse forty one. 21? Uh, 21. 21, excuse me. Yeah, well, let's start with, with 20 and read it and see what what what, what she does. Her, her mama comes to him and says what? Uh, can you read that? Start there, Brother Jeremy, and, and, uh, okay. and read it says read 24. Read it through verse 24. Okay. And he said unto her, what will thou? She said unto him, grant so start with, that Brother Jeremy, start with Start with verse 20. Verse 20. Okay. It says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee, children with children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring 
a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. Brother but Jeremy, Jesus answered, Yes. Before you, I was just thinking here as you're reading that, I want you to, let, let's consider this because look look what happens before this whole trip with his, with the mama and the two boys, James and John, happens. Read to us 17, 18, and 19, and we'll talk about that just for a second, then continue reading the rest. Amen. Here we go. It says, And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn, condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. All right, so again, they're on their way to Jerusalem, right? They're going to Jerusalem. We just have been discussing Matthew 16. He's already revealed what was going to happen. Peter takes him aside and says, Nah, man, this can't happen to you. Are you crazy? This ain't supposed to happen. He says, You know what? You're the devil. Get out of my face. That's basically what he said to him, right? And now they're getting right. closer to Jerusalem, and he says it again. You know, he 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 bears down on what he says to him. Look, right. he says, "We're going there." And what blows my mind? Think about what he's talking about. I'm going to be betrayed by the ruling religious elite. They're going to condemn me to death. They're going to give mm -hmm. me to the to the Gentiles who are going to mock me and whip me and then crucify me and i'm going to rise again on the third day then comes mm -hmm. their mama <laughs> it just blows my mind it does <laughs> it's like what <laughs> then comes it's, their it's mama the today it is that's my point it, it, you know what <laughs> you know it's the same today because here we are on the verge of, 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 you know, going through that, through the way of Gethsemane, you know, yeah, and yeah. and the people are, are are talking about their kingdoms and how to, you know, as we were talking earlier on about this, this preacher that's, that's having a series in this midst of this pandemic and everything, speaking about, um, I don't know if I should say it, but of sex, you know, and it turns out he just wrote a book on it. That's why he wants people to buy it. <laughs> More concerned about yeah, that's that the message of the hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 so what we're seeing, right? And, and that's what that's what you're saying, brother Mario. That's what the Word of God is telling us. Here, Jesus is telling them where He's going, and and here they're talking about something else. Who's going to sit at the right or left? Incredible, right? Because that's yeah. right, brother Jeremy. It, it's incredible because again. Uh, uh, He's revealing, and he continues to bear down on this as they're getting closer, right? Well, they're on, now they're right on the edge of being in Jerusalem. So we know from this that it, they're, they're, they're nearing that Passover week, right, uh, which right. is where he's going to come into Jerusalem, and then it's going to end and culminate with his death, like he says. And, and he's revealing the intense tribulation and trial that's about to, to go down. And what what you just said is is right. I mean, it it shows the inability 
of them in their time and the same in our time to really get what's coming, to really mm. understand it, and to be so motivated by a misconception of their understanding of what the kingdom of God is and how it was actually and will actually be fully realized. Their disconnect from him is so far off as to be absolutely frightening. <laughs> because then verse 20 and, 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 then, and then verse through 22, could you read? Because after he says all that, this is what happens. 20 through 22. Then, then came to him the mother of Zebedee, children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What will thou? She said unto him, Grant that these two my two sons, that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand, the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I will drink, that I shall drink of, and to be baptized? with the baptism that I am baptized with, they said unto him, we are able. Incredible. I mean, uh, let's just take it from this perspective. Literally what he's saying to them is, look, there's only going to be one way that we're going to get to this kingdom, right? This kingdom that you're looking for, that ain't the kingdom. You know, you're, you're, you're so off. As a matter of fact, you want what you want comes by one way. And it's a cup that I have to drink. Are you able to drink that same kind of a cup? On the other side of that, yes, is resurrection and eternal kingdom with me. But it comes by way of one thing. And that's drinking this cup that shall be drunk and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with. A complete immersion into the will of God. And and of course they didn't know they had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, we're able. All they could all they were excited about was the opportunity to get what they wanted, right? They were completely devoid from the depths of what the Lord was revealing here. And then verse twenty three he says what to them? He says, And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given unto them. It shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say right here, the ten. Now the ten get involved. (laughs) The other ten, you know, which includes Judas, by the way, right? (laughs) Go ahead. Right. (laughs) When the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Incredible. So now the, the that's, <laughs> I wish I wish we <laughs> I wish we could actually be you know, really paint this picture, but you know, the Lord is hours away from suffering beyond anything that we would ever with, with ten million dictionaries be able to describe what, what our Lord did for us. He's he's just hours away from that happening, and right. and here we've got we've got we've got the <laughs> we've got the 
the pillars of the church, right? I mean, these are supposed to be the guys <laughs> that are going to be the foundation stones of the church. And they're so caught up in their own thing. And they're so devoid of really getting what's ahead of them. Thank God they figure it out, you know, of course. But this just shows you, because we're only days away now, right? We're, 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 it's right ahead of them. And they have no idea just how far off they really are. And and, and and that's a scary thing that we need to pay attention to ourselves, right? Don't you think? <laughs> yes. yes. Praise God. So, it's, so now they're fighting, yeah. right? You know? And and here and Jesus goes on to say, verse twenty five through twenty eight, brother. What is it? But Jesus called them into him, unto him, and he said, "You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him." be your minister. Go to verse 28. Yeah, 27 through 28. Okay. okay. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. My God. This is serious stuff here, right? And, and and the implications of what he's revealing to them, telling them they're going to have to take the same path, you know. And 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 it's interesting what he draws their attention to in verse 25. He says, you know, the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. You are lusting, in other words, and acting not like children of God, but like children of the world. You're positioning yourself. You're looking for prominence. You want authority. And you're so far off uh, in your understanding of what it is that that true greatness is all about. And, and he says, it's not supposed to be like this among you. You're supposed to serve one another, right? The greatest amongst you will be the servant of all. And then he uses his own self as an example, the supreme God of the universe. I didn't come to be ministered to, but I came to lay down my life and to minister to others as a ransom for many. It, it, it is so amazing to me that all the way to Jerusalem, he was beginning to reveal to them every step of the way at a deep level what was actually ahead of them, and they just didn't get it. From who do men say that I am? Nobody knows who he is. You know, and even when they have a revelation of who he is, they don't want to receive what he has uh, telling them is, is yet ahead of them. And the same thing is happening in this church in our country. Be and the reason that we bear down on the church in the United States is because it is supposed to be the seat of, of, of Judeo-Christian thought and expression throughout the whole world. You know, from here flows all the the Christian media around the world, for an example, and the big-time preachers, right? But <clears throat> but it's anything but uh, what the Lord is preaching, it, 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 anything but what he was revealing to his disciples in that day. We're, we're not hearing anything like that. Like you said, that pastor from wherever he is, in the middle of everything that's going on, his 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 message from God is about sexual relationships? Seriously? I mean, that's... <laughs> 
And he's a mega church uh, pastor, right? He's a big time dude, right? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. I don't know who this guy is. You were telling me about him before the podcast, but really, dude, that's that's the word of the Lord, huh? My God, it's so so disconnected, man. So so you know, again, let's you know, brother. Back. Yes, man. Go ahead, brother. You know, as a shepherd, as you know, um, the responsibility that we bear, you know, to to feed the sheep. You know, um, these very, these very false, false preachers and, and ministers that are here in our, our country today are the very first run, first ones that are going to run when trouble comes. <laughs> the, the, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're heartless. You know, they just care about their own belly, their own, you know, uh, about themselves. They don't care about the people, and and right. we're gonna see. And what this pandemic is revealing and is going to reveal, it's really what's inside of them. It's really what's inside of the ministers that call themselves ministers in America. What's really inside of them? It's coming out, right? The heat is exposing it. It's what Jesus said, right? That which is spoken in secret shall be shouted from the rooftops, right? That which is mm. hidden shall be revealed. Brother Fernando was talking about that just before the podcast today. These things are coming to light. These things are opening up. You know, yeah. Brother Jeremiah, you know, speaking from his own... Brother Jeremiah, share a little bit of what you were sharing before the podcast, what you see happening right now. <clears throat> yes. Uh, before the podcast, I was just... Uh, just sharing my heart just on, you know, just meditating on what we've been speaking about uh, these past couple months and uh, just everything that's going on, seeing different different believers and just different people in the world and just seeing how how everything has changed and, and nothing really will ever be the same. Uh, speaking for our nation, um, you know, nothing will never be the same coming out of this pandemic. And it really just goes to show that we have begun to see the judgments of God in our nation. And and really, it, it at first it, it's some it's hard to grasp because you you read it in the Bible, but you really don't think you'd live to see it happening. But it's right. it's happening before our very own eyes. And yes. as and as the judgments of God are coming, it's exposing the false church. And it's exposing a lot of what's been taking place for many years now. Yeah. You know, and, and the Bible says that that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so Jesus is truth. And to those ministers that are preaching a false gospel, and to those who are who are not giving you the the full gospel, and who are just telling you how good you are, but not how much you need to repent and turn away from your sin. It's those very people who are going to be held accountable for the condition of our nation because they failed to give the word of God, the complete word of God, and they failed to give the truth. And and when you when you leave someone away from the truth, you basically lead them in rebellion against God. And as we mm-hmm. see so many different things happening with, with battles with racism and, and all this COVID stuff and, and all these protests and rioting, all of that is a side effect of the real issue in America. 
And the issue is that they've turned their back completely against God. And it's literally only a matter of time. Not even a matter of time. We've already begun to see God begin to visit this nation or the people that were once his. And we're beginning to see God judge the nation. And it really, it's a hard reality to grasp. But to the listeners out there, I encourage you, go over the word, go over what we've been talking about because it, it's, we're going off the word of God. We're not going off of our opinions. We're, we're giving right. you the word and we're, we're showing you, look, this is what the word of God is saying. And if we apply this to what's going on in our nation, we see that judgment is on the horizon. But yeah. also, as we do see the judgment coming, we understand that that's that's even a, that's an even greater sign that Jesus Christ is coming back again really soon. And then we as a nation, we as a people of God, and to those who are truly, who truly have eyes to hear, I mean, uh, um, eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, now is the time to prepare yourself spiritually because we're about to enter a Gethsemane. And, and really what Gethsemane was is a place of pressing. And, and it's yes. a place where, where it's pressing you really hard, but you have to go through that in order for your oil to flow. And and yes. we really need to prepare ourselves spiritually because what's on the horizon within the next couple of months, it's not something that we can be messing around with. And, and there's really, like we've been saying over the past couple of months, it's, it's almost like if there's a separation taking place between those who truly follow God and between those who are who are one foot in, one foot out, it's basically you're, you're either with the Lord or you're going against the Lord. And and I really do pray that you you as a listener really, really take heart to what we're saying and really ask the Lord to show you what it is we're saying to reveal to you that we're entering some tough times. And, and it's no joke because we need to be spiritually prepared and we need to tune our ears and our heart to what the Lord is saying. Because remember, like we said earlier, with the prophet Jeremiah, it was revealed to him that the judgment of God was coming. And he was a little kid. And so if the Lord can reveal something like that of that magnitude to a little kid, he can reveal it to you. But your heart has to be in the right place. And, and I really plead with the listeners, please really take a look at what we're saying. Because it's no joke. And, and even to go along with what we've been talking about here it's the condition of the church, really, because we have a guy who's preaching a sermon series and saying that he's hearing from God when when everything else is taking place around him. Like, it's almost like if he's enclosed himself and thinks he's right. But really, it's like, no, bro, like, there's something else going on. There's something much deeper than that going on. Like, don't you not see it? And, and it goes mm -hmm. to show that we're about to enter a tough time. But yet these ministers and a lot of the church today is just focused on making profit off of you. And and it's, you know, it's sad to see that. But again, we plead with the listener, just take to heart to what we're saying. Really analyze what we're saying. Really dig deep in the word. And you'll go to find out that what we're saying is true because it's not our own opinion, but it's based off of what the word of God is saying. And it's based off of what's happened and what the Lord is saying and and to those who truly walk closely with the Lord, you're going to begin to, your eyes are going to begin to open and you're going to see clearly that we need to prepare ourselves spiritually. And, um, Praise God. yeah. Man. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that's, I could, that's very well said. And then that is exactly, 
you know, the important thing that the Lord kept pointing them to as, as he entered the final phase uh, just before the resurrection, you know, there's, there's a Calvary coming and, and Gethsemane is, 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 is simply that place of preparation for that Calvary experience. And, and you see the scriptures reveal to us that the end time will witness just, uh, you know, the very same thing unfolding. And with that in mind, then we need to take a look at how it happened before so that we can understand what is going to happen again. You know, because we learn uh, what is ahead of us by what has been before us, really. Uh, The Lord at the end increasingly began to point his disciples to the prophetic scriptures concerning himself, concerning the trials, concerning what he must suffer. He kept telling them, this is what's coming. Right. They didn't They didn't want to hear it. You know, they didn't want to allow it to uh, to even invade the space of their thinking. Were you going to say something, Brother Fernando? Yeah, no, we, we spoke about uh, uh, these two, you know, the mother of these two disciples that wanted uh, one to sit on each side of, 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 of Christ, I right? one to the right, one to the left, um, and 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 really he was preaching something completely different, right? He was basically telling them that hey, you you, you really don't know what you're asking for. The truth <laughs> of the matter is, you you can't yeah. endure what it takes to right. to sit at the right hand or left hand. That's really not for you. It's really, right. it's really me who's going to do it. And whether yeah. they realize it or not, brother, and we spoke about this many a time, that kind of attitude uh, was really the attitude of the devil. Yeah. It was the attitude yeah. of the devil manifesting themselves or manifesting itself through them because that's ultimately what the devil coveted. It was that mm-hmm. kind of position, Right. It was it, it yeah. was it was to exalt himself, right? And and so the Lord rebukes them. Basically, says you don't know what you're asking for. You have no idea what you're asking for. You're not ready to dr- drink this bitter cup, right? And right. Jesus did that. So, and I and I'll make this point because ultimately all of Christ's ministry is leading his disciples to a Gethsemane uh, kind of uh, uh, of ministry, uh, uh, a crucifixion. Right, that's yeah. really what awaits us, whether literally or spiritually, is really where he's taking all of us. Yeah. And 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 I'll say this: if we're really there as a nation, the 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 church, uh, the body of Christ at large around the world, if we're really heading towards a Gethsemane, that's ultimately going to take us to a cross, right, and then ultimately a resurrection. If we are heading there. And that is the message that is being proclaimed by the Holy Spirit to his church today to 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 just yield to this this Gethsemane process that is taking place around the globe with this world yeah. system that's that's implementing itself, this antichrist system that is implementing itself. If that is the message of the Lord to the church today, then anything that goes against that is 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 manifesting the very character of the devil. My goodness. Is manifesting the very character of the devil because we are wanting something that doesn't belong to us. 
We want to be exalted and not want to go through a Gethsemane. That's right. That's a good way to say that. That's exactly right. Um, that's that's really powerful, too, because, uh, you know, what you're saying about, about you know, if this is really the message <clears throat> it, and, and if, the, if we really uh, have a Gethsemane ahead of us, then that means on the other side of that, which is what we were, you know, going to look at today. Um, there's there's a Calvary. Now, why is yes. that important, right? And 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 it's not a symbolic Calvary. It really isn't. <laughs> it, it is exactly what the scriptures say will happen for a season. We know this from the Book of Revelation. Let's turn over there real quick. Book of Revelation, uh, chapter uh, what is it? Chapter twelve. Let's take a look at chapter twelve, and and this is this is what is this is what is told to us in Revelation twelve. The Lord revealed the revelation to the to the to the Apostle John, and and he talks about when we get to the the very end of time, which is where we believe we are now, and 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 where we're headed the enemy is going to be cast out of all access points in any dimension of the spirit realm and he will be he will be confined to to the earth and to and mm-hmm. to the the planet itself and that it ratchets up then what happens it's as if he's kicked out of heaven which we believe is why we're seeing things happen the way they are now i believe that's mm-hmm. happened and verse 13, can you read verse 13 to us, Brother Jeremy? And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. So his attention begins to turn, be turned towards Israel. She is the woman that brought forth the man-child. The man-child is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but then once he once he begins to affect his, his attack... He goes after two distinct groups. Verse 17, can you read that? In verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What's very interesting and what's being revealed here specifically is for the end time church. And, and and we believe we are entering those days. Like Brother Jeremiah spoke of, like Brother Fernando spoke of, like Brother Jeremy talked about early on in, in, in this podcast. You know, there was so much happening, so much transpiring, uh, that we, we're not just giving opinion, we're taking the basis of the Word of God as revealed and applying it to our time. And if it fits, it fits. <laughs> if it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. But, but so far, it fits. And and it's not without merit, and it's not without hours and hours of of searching the scriptures before we ever came to you and began doing these podcasts. I can't even tell you the amount of hours we've spent uh, searching these things out. But let me tell you what 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 we're, what we're having revealed here. In case you don't think that this is coming, Revelation chapter twelve verse seventeen says the dragon was angry with the woman. He goes to make war with the remnant of her seed. That is the the uh, the end part of of the seed, the the last part, the remnant. 
uh, of her seed, that's Jesus Christ, uh, which keep the commandments of God. Those that follow the law or keep the commandments of God can be defined in, in multiple ways. But in this sense, it, it really is defining uh, the Jewish people. We know that because as we go on into Revelation 14, uh, 100 and uh, I think it's Revelation 7, actually, where 144,000 of the nation of Israel are identified as being sealed with a seal in the final 32 months of human history. And so <clears throat> our attention is drawn to them. They are the saved uh, amongst the Jews. They are they who keep the commandments of God. And then there are those that are called uh, those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's his church made up of, of, of the Gentile bride. So the two are going to become one. But the point is, is that the dragon is specifically, that is Satan himself is specifically going to go after this group identified as a remnant, which is a small number of people, you know, the, the true one. And what's interesting to me there as well is that, that, that the group of, of, of the Lord's, church is identified as they that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And as we've talked about before, Revelation 19, verse 10, tells us what the testimony of Jesus Christ is. It's the spirit of prophecy. And so his specific attack is going to go after those who understand the prophetic scriptures. They have the spirit of prophecy. Why does he attack them? Because they're the ones that are alive who can take the mask off who he really is because the whole right. world is coming up under a delusion and a deception that's where we are right now right. that's why you're seeing so many wacko crazy preachers and stuff right i mean they're they're crazy this this knucklehead and i can't i, mean, I don't mean to keep going back there but this guy you were telling me about are, are you seriously telling me that this guy of a mega church pastor from oklahoma that he thinks that the message we read, need right now that god is giving him is all about sex Seriously, mm -hmm. that's insanity, right? That's the false church, the false prophets. They have no light. Or you've got the hyper-charismatics, you know, naming it and claiming it and blowing and, and, and showing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, or you've got um, national preachers like T.D. Jakes uh, joining, uh, you know, sympathies for, for BLM, you know? I mean, whose stated platform on their website, if you go read it, is the destruction of the family, the eradication of, of Christianity, and the celebration of everything that the Word of God says is an antithesis to what we claim to believe. And they're marching with them. They're joining their hats with them. They're having, you know, culturally relevant discussions about them. Are you insane? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a remnant that understands. Jesus began to reveal the prophetic scriptures to his disciples then, and he's beginning to reveal it again. It has to take place. It has to repeat itself. Brother Jeremy, read to us in Isaiah so, we, so the people know what we're talking about here and why we say what happened before will happen again. Read Isaiah chapter 46. I think it's verse 9 and 10. I think that's where that is. Verse 10 is. Yeah, yeah read 9 and yeah. 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do 
all my pleasure. So there we go. He says that we are to remember the former things, the things that happened in the days of old. Well, that's what we're doing. We're looking at what happened 2,000 years ago in our master's first appearance and where he led the church. And what he began to tell them was the pathway to a resurrection. That resurrection is the first fruit. He became the beginning of the creation of God so that he's both Lord over the past, the present, and the future. He went down into the lower parts of the earth and ascended on high, the scripture says, so that he might fill all things as the firstborn from the dead. He is God Almighty. He owns all things. But he is also, if you can receive it, a picture of a larger truth that will happen to his church. We talked about this in type at the beginning of this whole podcast series. We started back in March when we, when we were discussing how after the resurrection of Lazarus, there was, a, there was a supper that occurred, and in it we saw Mary sitting at his feet, right? And she begins to anoint his feet with ointment and dries them with her hair. Uh, and, and he says this she did in order to prepare him for his burial, it shows a fellowship of an end-time church, the fact that she anoints his feet with her hair. It, it, it shows that, that it, it's the last part of the body of Christ that will be required to enter into a fellowship of suffering, even as the first church did. And what we have here being spoken to us in the book of Isaiah is that God declares the end of all things from the very beginning. So the historical accounts that we look at, while they are, yes, indeed, historical, and they actually happened, God is telling us that those historical events that are placed in Scripture become prophetic when they occur and are recorded, and that from the beginning what you see is actually the truth of what will happen in the end. That's what he says. And so we are not coming at you, those of you that are listening, with some kind of gymnastics, right? We're actually taking the scripture and the principles of it, which unlock keys, or, or the keys that unlock understanding to the times that we're living in. And so the Lord, so the Lord, basically, uh, the fact that He began to reveal to them, you know, what was ahead of them, uh, it, it it's it should be a uh, for the spiritually discerning in our times. That should be a marker to us that we need to look at those things, how things concluded in the beginning and and how uh you know how they came to an and then what happened afterwards it, it all pressed towards a gethsemane a calvary and then because he included it right on the third day he will rise again he always included the resurrection but there was there was a means to the resurrection just like it happened in the beginning that jesus himself rose there is a resurrection that is awaiting us but there's one path to get there. That's what we laid out this whole thing today. Peter begins to argue about it. This can't be this way. What you said, Brother Fernando, was profound. You know, to resist that is to become in league with satanic ideology. Beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he told them. Beware right. of incorrect understanding and perception of the scriptures. That's what you were saying. And Jesus goes on Absolutely. to rebuke Peter, right? That's what he said, you get thee behind me, Satan. You're an offense. You don't savor the things which be of God. You're not looking at the big picture. You don't understand 
the full expanse and the scope of what's happening here. So as we as we head towards what the book of Revelation is predicting and what the prophets and the apostles have told us is coming, a fiery trial, a, an, an hour of trial. But we have the promise of the Lord. Turn over to Revelation chapter 310, Brother Jeremy, would you? I'm just skipping all over the place today. Good stuff. Revelation 13. I mean, sorry, Revelation chapter 3. It makes you wonder if people read the book of Revelation, like, like you know, like as, as though it's some allegory or, you right. know, some just some, you know, some oh, story, some fantasy story. Right. Or, I mean, when I read it, I believe it. It's literal to me, you know. When I when when I read, "Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down to you, having great (laughs) wrath." Yeah. I don't know how people read that, but what what I not allegorical. That's for sure. (laughs) He's coming. He is coming to this earth. He's been coming. He's going to manifest himself. So what we are seeing in 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 this chaos and craziness in this nation is just that. It's it's him getting that much closer to manifesting himself in the earth. That's I mean incredible. that's heavy stuff. It is that heavy is. stuff, right? And and yeah. ultimately that's exactly what we see happening in Gethsemane. We see the devil manifesting himself through a man. He came down to the earth, and this man was Judas. He's the one that betrayed Christ. That's right. That's right. And 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 <laughs> it's really scary too, because if you think about it, it was one of his own disciples that became mm, right. Fully, right. Is it possible? Mm. Just speculating now. You made me think of that. Uh, that that. It will, he will come out of the ranks of what appears to be, in some way, a religious uh, representation of false Christianity. I mean, when we see these preachers and what they've become and who they are and how they act nowadays, it's not beyond the realm of the possibility that he's going to be a religious man, <laughs> you know, in the political yeah. realm, right, in the military realm. Uh, Judas, Judas was one of the 12, man. And it's interesting, just just an interesting side note and side thought. But here we have, again, something that the Lord talks about here uh, in verse 10. Can you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Read 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And then he, and then he follows that up by saying, "Behold, I come quickly." <laughs> we won't get into all that, but 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 look, here we have the words of Jesus to the to the 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 sixth church of Philadelphia, right? He identifies something called the word of his patience. He talks about the hour of temptation, and then he talks about it futuristically. It's going to come upon all the world. 
to try them that dwell on the earth, in case we didn't know what he was talking about. This is something that is global in nature, global in scope. And, and he's talking about trial, scrutiny. That's what temptation means. Is it means to be drugged before the court and brought up under the scrutiny and the trial that's coming upon all the world. He's talking about interjecting himself into that very trial and strengthening his people, specific people that are like the Church of Philadelphia. And 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 we could look at that another day. But but my point is this: he's predicting a time when the whole world will come up under a Gethsemane, if you will, a trial. It's going to affect the whole planet. I think we we have we're well into that now. We're in the beginnings of it, but we're well into it. It's begun. It's begun. And, and the heat is going to be turned up. But we have the promise here from the Lord to this Philadelphia-like church that I'm going to keep you. What is the word of his patience? Read Revelation 13.10, Brother Jeremy. Okay. It says, he that lended, excuse me, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What he's talking about is that hour of trial, he enlarges on it in Revelation 13.10. And the word of his patience is just that. It's it's the hour of scrutiny that's coming upon the whole planet, but his very children are going to be subjected to it. Uh, they're going to be attacked. Read verse 7, speaking of the Antichrist, verse 6 and 7. Would you read that? Of 13? Yes. It's, it says, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth will worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. If any man has an ear to hear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword will must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What's being revealed there is what we're talking about is ahead of us in the years ahead. It's coming quickly. There is the rise of an antichrist global state that's predicted. There will be a leader that is that is that is that is infused and possessed literally by the by by a spirit by by a king called Apollyon from the bottomless pit whom Satan himself will open that pit and let him out and he will go into perdition the same name that was given to Judas the son of perdition he's going to fill this guy which we call the antichrist who's the full expression of what Judas was in the garden what Judas was in the last supper upper room experience when it was revealed that he was the one that would betray the Lord. He's a type of the Antichrist. And here what we're having revealed is what is revealed also in the book of Daniel, is that there is a time when the Antichrist 
for a 42-month period, he will go after the saints of God. In verse 7, it is given to him to make war with the saints. That's what we're trying to prepare the mind of our brothers and sisters. That is what we feel that the Lord is revealing to us in his word. Before we get to this point of patience and faith, we have to settle it in our heart what is ahead of us. Remember, before they got to Jerusalem, that's what we started with yesterday in Matthew 16, he began to ratchet up the heat in their biblical understanding. He began to take them to the prophetic scriptures. He began to press on them. He asked them, who does everybody say that I am? Exposing the fact that culture at large, though they had been exposed to his magnificent ministry for three years, three and a half years, they had no clue who he really was. But when it came to his disciplined ones, the ones that walked close to him, he pressed on him at that moment and said, but who do you say to that I am? Because everything that you claim that you believe in Christ Jesus, our Lord, is about to be scrutinized. And he wanted them to dig deep within the psyche of their own understanding and really reflect, how much do I really believe? And what do I really know about God and my Lord? And, see, and Simon Peter jumps up and says, you're, you're, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus encourages us there and says, blessed art thou, because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then it, it's, he says, it's this understanding that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. You're going to be a force that brings down the kingdom of Satan once and for all through what I do and you being my children and believing in what I do. It's going to work together to bring down the kingdom of almighty, all, all, all sinful, all ugly, whatever you want to call him, uh, God of this world. He's coming down. And you need to understand that you play a key role in the connective part of it. That's how we started this study in Luke twenty two thirty seven, where he says that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me, but it has an end. It, it will be accomplished. There is a completion that's coming, but we have to understand the full picture. You know, we it, it, it was written 2,000 years ago. Like you said, Brother, Brother Fernando, this isn't poetry. I mean, how, how ridiculous it is, but it's written in such a way that that if you're not spiritual, if you're not a disciple, if you're not seeking God, if you're not praying, you're, it's going to be nothing but confusion to you when you try to open the book. There's no sense of it there because it's not given to you. If you want to know Jesus, you're going to have to come by way of, of, of seeking him. They that seek me, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that's when he begins to unlock things and begins to reveal things in the scripture. And one of the things that's being revealed here, again, is that it's going to be given to him to make war with the saints. Is it any wonder, brothers and sisters that are listening out there, if, you're, if we haven't scared you up to death by now, <laughs> that, that what we see taking place across the cities in this country, those unruly, lawless people, that's exactly what we see. It's a spirit of rebellion. It's a spirit of lawlessness. Those are the qualities and characteristics of the devil himself. Those are the qualities and the characteristics of the coming lawless one, the coming wicked one. His children are already beginning to rampage. They have let them out of the box. Have you ever asked yourself, mm -hmm. where, are they getting, where are they getting all these weapons? 
Where are they getting all these gas masks? Where are all these high-tech cameras they carry around? How is it they're traveling from city to city? Who's paying for their food? Who's paying for their hotel rooms? Do you have eyes to see? There are powers behind the scenes that are generating this kind of evil across the world. But the church in this country is asleep, most of it. But that's changing. God is coming and sounding a trumpet. God is sending the spirit of Elijah. He is going to have a people made ready for the coming of the Lord. And he's beginning to wake us up. And he's beginning to prepare us mentally. That's why John wrote here in 1310, this is going to require faith and patience. Jesus said it to the Philadelphia church in chapter 3. It's going to try the whole world, but I'm going to keep you in it. I'm going to protect you in it. What he means by he that uh, killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword, and he that leads into captivity will be led into captivity. He's talking about the Antichrist. And he says, but here's faith and patience. Read that again, verse 13. 10, would you, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Keep going back and forth here, but here we go. It says, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So the run that he's referencing, the he that leads into captivity, is the devil. It's it's the Antichrist. He was it, it, he just referenced him that he's going to make war with the saints. He's gonna he's gonna lead them into captivity. He's gonna kill. Uh, some of the church is going to be required to go through this this Calvary experience for their faith. But he wants us to know, he leaves the promise there in verse 10, the one that's leading into captivity and the one that's killing with the sword, he's going to be held captive. He's going to die by the sword. But you're going to have to have faith and patience until that day comes about. And we need to understand that it's a short period. You know, when Jesus was confronted in the garden, he called it the hour of darkness, right? He called it the hour of trial. It's a very brief period but it is the Bible. And if we're not prepared, because where that takes place, Jesus forged ahead for us. He's the one who forged that, that victory in Gethsemane for us. You know, he endured it before we'll have to endure it. And the fact that, that he didn't go alone to the Garden of Gethsemane, but he brought his disciples there with him, it meant that they too were becoming part of the forging of the end from the beginning that we just read in Isaiah 4610, right? They became part of the prophetic historical narrative. And because they were led there, they were a beginning from the end type understanding. We have to look at where he took them, what they experienced, and ultimately what they became, which were the great apostles of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The reason that we even know about him is because those guys. But they were armed and led in that direction by the Lord, even though they were so disconnected at the moment that it was about to happen. And I fear that that's what we're witnessing right now. People are so disconnected in the church from the reality of what's happening. But God is beginning to move amongst his people and stir them as they begin, as it begins to dawn on them. Like Brother Jeremiah said earlier, you know, it began to dawn on him that, you know, what we're going through, it isn't what we thought, you know. If you if you go back to when America was put under lockdown, like we talked about a few days ago, we were told it was going to be two weeks, right? Fifteen days. 
<laughs> and then we were going to come out and have this great and glorious Easter celebration, right? And all this stuff we were hearing. But as as the as the months and weeks have gone along, it's beginning to become even more apparent that this is not the same as it's always been and that things have changed, are changing, and are going to change in such an extent that those who have not armed themselves with the correct understanding according to the prophetic scriptures, they're going to end up like the disciples did at first, right? When it all came down, what did they do in the garden? They all scattered and they ran away because they weren't in the right place. <laughs> Everyone but John, right? right. And, and that, that's for another day, which we'll examine. Well, listen, man, we, we, we have barely even scratched the surface. We really didn't get into the story today, but I felt like the leading of the Spirit and, and the things that were shared today were very, very insightful and profound in, in thought. And it's good to hear, um, you know, what, what, what the brothers are saying today. It really encouraged my heart because that's where we are. You know, there's something very interesting here, and I hope we can experience, uh, go. you know, when we return and brothers, you know, you carry these podcasts forth because I'm going to preach. I ask the people to pray for us. You know, I, I'm not, I don't go anywhere except I feel like the Lord wants us to go. And so we're going back, you know, and we're going to to, to try and encourage the brethren in, in what they're experiencing right now and, and bring forth some of the word that we've been sharing with you. And so be, keep us in prayer. And uh, yeah. and uh, I, and I pray you brothers, uh, you know, just share your heart in these next two podcasts. And we should be back with you uh, soon. But what I was going to say was, remember this. Let's uh, let's take the example of what Jesus went through, because also in that garden, let's close with this in Luke chapter twenty-two. Let's go back there, and we'll we'll, we'll look at this even deeper in the coming days. But but I want to encourage you. Gethsemane is the place of pressing, but it's also the place of victory. Jesus went forth and won the victory for us. You know, he forged that way. Only he could have done that. But the fact that he did it, it broke open the ability for those who follow him to emerge the other side because he's already been there. When when he gets there, are you there, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Read verse 39 to us, would you? It says, and he came out and went. And as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. Right. His disciples followed him there. That's what's happening right now. It wasn't the thousands who heralded him as the, the, the Messiah when he came into Jerusalem, right? They were all, they were all gone. <laughs> There's no more palm branches waving and and, and and a tumult happening in the city, this is now reduced. When we get to this Gethsemane experience, it's going to be whittled down to the disciples. That is the disciplined ones. That is the true church. That is the true believers. They will follow him there. And he will lead us there. And 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 it becomes incredibly intense. And we're not going to dig into it today, but I just want to I just want you to see something here in verse uh, forty two and forty three. Would you read that, Brother Jeremy? saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, 
strengthening him. Incredible. Mm. We, we're not going to go through this experience on our own. You know, if need be, and it will be necessary, uh, we will have <laughs> help from heaven, man. Our Lord had it. You know, we must understand that uh, what the Lord is revealing here and what's being revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in this account. You won't find this in any other gospel. It's just right here. Uh, something amazing and something to draw on, you know, in the days ahead. Because remember this, the Lord endured this garden experience as a man. He could not endure with anything outside the word of God. He couldn't draw from something outside the word. It, it, remember what he said, that the scriptures would be fulfilled. So this angel coming to, to strengthen him is almost as if, wait a minute, you know, we're, we're going to help him out here because uh, he needs help at this moment. Well, yes, but, but he couldn't have an angel come to him outside the word. Remember what he said, I don't right. do anything but what the, I see the Father do, and I don't say anything but what I see the Father say. And so the, the question of what's actually taking place in this struggle is, is the question of, of, of judicial uh, precedent. It's, it's legal. It's legal in the councils of eternity. It had to be. Because if, if there was assistance given to the Lord outside of the legal mandate of the established word of the Father himself in the scriptures, then this would have broken it. And so we, we, have to, we have to understand that he endured as a man, but he couldn't endure with outside help unless, uh, uh, period. And the only help he could receive had to have already been established within the legal document of the word of God itself or it would disqualify everything. Everything the Lord was given can be found in the word. And the angel appearing to strengthen him, it had already, you want to see how cool God is? It had already been established hundreds of years before. And they drew upon that legal precedent. And it, it came in effect in this Garden of Gethsemane experience. And it's going to come in an effect for us because the Lord was strengthened. Remember what he said? When that hour of trial comes, when that hour of temptation comes, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to keep you. Look what he drew on. Turn over to, I think it's First Kings. Where is it? I wrote it down here. I can't find it. First Kings chapter 19. I hope you understand what I'm saying to you. <laughs> if not, pause, go back and hear what I said. It's 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 judicial precedent. He couldn't just say, send an angel, I need your help. He could have. He said, I could ask for 12 legions of angels if I want to, but how will the scriptures be fulfilled? Everything had to already have been established in the Word, and it was. It's happened before. And so it, it, it was a legal right to assist him in this fulfillment of scripture. Where did I tell you to turn? Uh first Kings nineteen. Nineteen. Look at look at something that happened here uh to the prophet Elijah. He he's runs from Je Jezebel. He he he's afraid for his life. He's absolutely worn out. He can't deal this pressure anymore. And and then he, he goes out into the wilderness and start reading, brother, would you, in verse 4, and read it 
and read it through verse 8, 4 through 8. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the, on, on the coals and a cruise of water at, at his head. And he did not eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went into the strength and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Incredible. So what we see here is that hundreds of years before, for the prophet Elijah, an angel was sent to strengthen him. And it was recorded in the scriptures. And so it became a legal precedent within the word of God itself. I know this is difficult for some of you to understand, but that's what we witnessed in the Garden of Gethsemane. A man was given strength by an angel. It wasn't something that occurred at that moment. It had happened before. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, knowing what his son was going to go through hundreds of years ahead of t in the future, he allowed this to happen to his prophet, who happens to be uh, the, the forerunner or the spirit of this prophet would be the forerunner that makes ready a people prepared for the Lord, seen in John the Baptist, right? So what we see here is that an angel was sent to strengthen him in his greatest hour of trial, right? He was so oppressed and so up under this trial that he couldn't go on. And at that moment, it was his Gethsemane, if you will. God sends an angel to strengthen him. This is legal in the councils of heaven. So that it was written and recorded in the word, it could be applied to his son hundreds of years later when he needed, as a man, strength to endure his Gethsemane and come out the other end uh, and, and, and basically <laughs> fulfill the word of God. And why I'm saying that is because this same thing we're going to need to understand we're going to need to understand that we're we're not going to go through this on our own, simply in our own strength. God is going to make a way. We have the we have the power, we have the precedent, we have the scriptures, and we have the legal right to call upon the strength of heaven to come and strengthen us. And if he has to send an angel to do it, he will, because God is Hallelujah. perfect. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Let's God. We're gonna make it, saints. We're going to yeah. make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to make it, man. It, it, you know, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the coming days. But, but take heart, church, because, yes, there are there are these things that have already begun, and, and, and we're being warned so that we can prepare ourselves. Jesus did the same thing in the beginning. As we read in Isaiah 46.10, he declares the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He begins to reveal his scriptures. He begins to show us the path, and he begins to show us what is ahead. In Jesus' day, it was the resurrection. In our day, it'll be the resurrection of the entire church. As we're caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the clouds, we're going to be with him soon. In the meantime, let us draw strength 
from these promises and these examples and understand the same the same things that were ministered to to the to the prophet Elijah and subsequently our own Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane is going to happen to us. I will keep you from the hour of temptation that is coming upon the earth to try all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Here's the faith and the patience of the saints. It may just be for a little bit, right? What did the Bible say? They that go forth uh, uh, weeping, right? Uh, joy endures. What is, what is that? Uh, weeping may endure for a night. For the night. Right? The joy. The joy. Comes in the morning. Comes yeah. in the morning. Hallelujah. We're headed to a glorious morning where the sun will never set, brothers and sisters. Now is not the time to shirk back, to fall away, to stumble, to compromise, or to do anything. Now is the time to allow that pressing so that that precious oil Brother Jeremiah talked about can flow out of our lives and illuminate the lamp of our hearts for him. We're going to make it, church. And what awaits us on the other side is the most glorious and marvelous thing we could possibly imagine. Amen. Anybody else have anything else to say? Couldn't have said it better. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was not afforded anything that is not afforded to man. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he, and and it's, it's ours. It's ours. This is the victory, John said. That overcomes the world, even our faith. Hold on to your faith. Amen. And uh, we pray that you've been blessed today, brothers and sisters and all our listeners. We pray that this word has, uh, we believe God has sent it to encourage somebody and to let you know that we are not alone. That uh, he will never leave you. It's a promise. It's not a supposition. It's a promise. I will never leave you. I will be with you to the end of the world. Amen. We pray that you've been blessed and we pray that you join us again in our next podcast and uh, may God bless you. May God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.